to the River Heights Buzz podcast. We are on episode 17 tonight, and we will be talking about book number 33, The Witch Tree Symbol. If you're new here, welcome. (laughs) We are your hosts. I'm Alexa. And I'm Candace. Let's just, before we get into the discussion, I'll read the description of the book so you kind of all have an idea of what the book was about ish (laughs) yeah and this was a good one i really enjoyed this one here we go the witch tree symbol when a neighbor asks nancy drew to accompany her to an old uninhabited mansion a new mystery opens up and danger lurks on the second floor Nancy finds a witch tree symbol that leads her to Pennsylvania Dutch country in pursuit of a cunning and ruthless thief. The friendly welcome the young detective and her friends Bess and George receive from the Amish people soon changes to hostility when it is rumored that Nancy is a witch. Superstition helps her adversary in his attempt to get her off his trail but Nancy does not give up. Persistently, she uncovers one clue after another. Nancy's intelligence and sleuthing ability finally leads to the fascinating solution of this puzzling case. Cool. Okay, so I've been dying to ask you this whole time because for our listeners that aren't aware, um, Alexa is from Canada and I'm from the United States. I think it's obvious that I'm from the United States because my accent but I'm curious and I don't want this to come across the wrong way I mean nothing by it I'm just genuinely curious are there Amish people in Canada yes okay I wasn't sure if there were or if that was um more prevalent down here um because in my state there are still i live in kentucky for anyone that doesn't know um there are communities of amish people that still live that way of life you know with little to no technology and um sometimes you'll see them out and about like sometimes out in a store or something and um there are several places like out in the country where you see signs of like you know horse and buggy crossing and you know be aware and you know so that motorists and stuff are are safe around them and don't like spook the horses or anything um but yeah I just I genuinely had no idea if that was a thing in Canada or not so I live in the city and it's I don't see too many Amish people in the city but like when my grandma she's lived in a like a smaller town and there were like quite a few Amish people and like I, if I would go to like the grocery store for her like I would see Amish people you know going through the stores picking stuff out and they had like they had like a weekly market kind of thing and there were some Amish people selling goods and whatnot and even too behind my grandma's house there was like this little like empty kind of spot I guess you could say and there was I saw like the Amish horse and buggy like 
at least once or twice a week and I figured they were probably selling goods at like the local strip mall so yeah yeah and I saw them like riding around town once in a while too so I thought that was kind of cool yeah it is really interesting how they continue to live that simple way of life um and I will say that I've been to like for lack of a better word, like a marketplace where they sell their stuff. And that's some of the best tasting, freshest fruit and vegetables and goods that you'll ever have. I've never actually bought like items from like at those kind of like markets, but I am kind of interested to actually purchasing, you know, in the future, some, something like that, just to see yeah what it would you know like if it's food like what it would taste like or like some of the things that they're quilting and all those kinds yeah. of things yeah I would love to have like one of their old quilts like because those things are super warm um I'd be really interested to have that and the fact that it's all made by hand and not like mass produced you know like our stuff um yeah. but yeah I mean you know anytime that you go to like an open air kind of you know stand like that or whatever that stuff is generally like some of the freshest stuff you'll get and best tasting stuff that you'll get um I live outside of a a large city um not actually in the city but in a city next to it and my husband says that we live in the country but we absolutely don't I mean we're part of a metropolitan area um (laughs) but there are more you'll see more of that type of thing out this way versus closer to the city um so I have more experience of seeing it out and about more so than my husband because my husband has only lived in like larger city areas so um but I mean yeah if you ever have the chance to buy any of their goods do it because it's awesome and it's I kind of wish I like I would want to actually talk to some Amish people just you know just for a conversation kind of thing yeah um just and because I know like in the book it talks about like the different kinds of Amish and there's like I didn't totally realize that yeah (laughs) you know so that's kind of cool to find that out yeah yeah because that really is a thing because there'll be some Amish people that you see that do like the horse and buggy carriage situation but then again there's some that still dress that way you know the long skirts and the bonnets and stuff but they'll drive cars so it kind of just depends you know on what their beliefs are yeah but you know like even too it's even if their family like generations ago did do like the horse and the buggy and all those old-fashioned kinds of things times could have changed for them and they eventually merged into the more modern yeah. types of ways, you know, but some yeah. other families may have just stuck with the old fashioned kind of route. Yeah. Which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, you keep your traditions, however you want to keep them, but yeah, it, it is kind of interesting that there are like different types of those kind of people. It's pretty cool. So I had no idea before reading this book that there was a book that dealt with Amish people. So I thought that was pretty cool. It's not what I was thinking this book was going to be about at all, but it was a good book. And if the listeners remember, I think one of the last few, like was the penultimate episode, episode season three, episode 12 was the, the same name. Mm hmm. So it's like you could tell like a somewhat of a difference <laughs> between yeah. the episode and the book. So yeah. 
but I've noticed that as kind of like an Easter egg here and there, like in season one and season two, there have been other episodes that have been named after books that don't necessarily follow the same line, but are, you know, they have a couple things in common here and there, which I think is really cool. Yeah. So, um, if you're ready to get started about this book, I'm ready. I'm ready too. Okay. So, as you said, um, we kind of open the scene and I swear it's like the books remind me so much of the TV show in that it's like literally within the first page or two, we are smack dab in the middle of a mystery. Like it's already coming in hot right from the get go. Doesn't even give you a moment to breathe. It really doesn't. (laughs) It really doesn't. Like you don't have time to get your wits about you. It's just, here we are. Here's the mystery. Let's go. Which I I appreciate that kind of pacing. I I like the fast paced kind of thing. And I think that that is really interesting. Not sure when this book was written. Do you know? I'm not sure, but I can search it up. I'm not sure either. I probably should have already had that. I read my version of this book electronically in case anybody was wondering. Um, I read mine, here. the actual hard copy. <laughs> what do to do? Oh my gosh. Let's see. Um, actually, I'm showing the original was 1955, and then my version, the yellow flashlight version, was 1975. So, do, do, do. so right. First was first published 1955, and then published by the the glossy cover in 75. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, and then the real author was Harriet Stratemeyer Adams. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, I like this cover, this version of it. Hold on. Have you seen that picture of it? Yeah. I like but that. I've ever seen that version of it. Sorry, guys, we're on Skype and I just showed her a picture of one of the, the various <laughs> different um, covers. That's one of the things I love about collecting these books is that there are so many different versions and covers that you can collect. Did you see my book cover, Candace? No. Okay, mine is more spooky than that one. Oh, okay. This one is more like my version, guys, is a bit darker than the one Candace showed me. Let me, is that what the, is that what this one looked like? My electronic, ver- yeah, that's what my electronic version one looked like. Yeah. Okay. So that's cool. Um, like I said, that's one of the, my favorite things. One of the many favorite things that I really enjoy about collecting these books is that there are so many different versions of it to collect, um, all with generally close to the same story. Um, so like I said, we're coming in hot page one, um, right smack dab in the middle of a mystery. Um, Nancy meets, and I cannot recall exactly how she knows this woman. Does it, does it go into how she knows Mrs. Tenney? I think Mrs. Tenney had moved in down the street from Nancy. Okay. And then Mrs. Tenney like heard about Nancy's reputation and that's how they, I guess, got started talking. Okay. That makes sense. So basically what's going on is, um, 
Mrs. Tenney had a great aunt that lived in this huge mansion um, in River Heights. And there was a lot of um, antique furniture that was in this mansion. And when her great aunt passed away, she bequeathed half of the stuff to Mrs. Tenney and half to Mrs. Tenney's cousin, Alpha Zen. Thought that was a very interesting name. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, okay, I'm here for it. Um, So basically, Nancy was with Mrs. Tenney. They decide to go into um this mansion and mrs tenney is telling nancy about all this antique furniture that she is now going to be receiving and she tells a story about these cherry tables that were once used by george washington um i thought that was kind of a cool twist bringing in like a real life character someone that actually existed in the real world um because you know i know we have some listeners that are not from the United States, but um, George Washington was our first president. And one of the big stories about when he was a a boy was uh, him cutting down a cherry tree and then lying about it to his father. Now, I don't know if that's real. That's just something they taught us in school. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was just to get us to remember stuff about George Washington. I have no idea, but that's what they told us in public school. So talking about the cherry tables, it all makes sense. (laughs) <laughs> At least I went to school in the United States. So, um, like I said, Mrs. Tenney had inherited half of everything that was in that house. And so they go to, you know, look at the stuff that she's going to be getting and they realize that everything's gone. Mm-hmm. So, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. And then that was when I put in my notes, literally page one and mystery already, LOL. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. (laughs) So, um, immediately, uh, Mrs. Tenney, I, in my head, I imagine her as like an older woman, maybe in her sixties. I don't really think we get a description of her, but in my head, I imagine her as this sassy older woman who immediately jumps the gun and says, it was my cousin who did it. He took all the good stuff and left me with crap, essentially. Like she that can't just what I got from her. I like I thought the same thing, and I'm like, aren't you a little too quick to judge there? I mean, right off the bat, it was like she didn't skip a beat. Like, why would you just jump to conclusions? You don't know all the facts, lady. Yeah, I mean, you really don't at this point. Like I said, we're literally like a page or two in at this point, and she's already pointing fingers. But okay, <laughs> it's a character choice. So. Nancy's trying to calm her down, say, you know, we don't really know what happened. There could be an explanation for this. You know, Nancy always level-headed as I wish I was. I'm usually not level-headed. I'm usually more sassy like Mrs. Tenney. Um, But (laughs) Nancy is going around and searching for clues and she finds this piece of paper on the ground that has a, a rimmed circle with the red center and a black star with the words witch tree symbol on it. And we find out that that's apparently a Pennsylvania Dutch hex sign. Mm-hmm. So immediately I'm like, okay, so this is the direction we're going. Like I said, I had no idea this had anything to do with Amish people. Um, I don't know about you. I feel like you've read more books, more of these books than I have, but I have been going in when we have decided to read a book. I'm going in completely blind. I'm not reading a description. I'm not reading anything about it. I'm just starting blind. So I had no idea where this was going to go. 
I haven't read this book in like forever. And honestly, I didn't like, yeah, I haven't read so many of the books that a lot of them, I don't even remember what they're about. <laughs> yeah. I'm being honest. So I'm kind of like going in blind too, kind of like starting over like yeah. at the beginning, like, which is like, super oh, okay. Fun. Yeah. So, um, so basically, um, we find out that Mrs. Tenney had gone to the mansion a couple days prior to her and Nancy going, and this random antique dealer had stopped by to look at anything she might have for sale. He had somehow found out that she had been given um, some of this antique furniture and just so happened to wander by. Okay, not believing that for a second, but okay antique dealer in air quotes yeah how convenient (laughs) really kind of reminds me a little bit of message in a haunted mansion but okay (laughs) (laughs) lewis chandler vibes so um nancy hears movement upstairs and poor mrs tenney passes out i guess out of fear or excitement or whatever and nancy being the do-gooder that she is instead of following the sounds upstairs that she heard she goes and checks on mrs tenney so whoever it was got away but i mean you know priorities you have someone that's passed out on the floor i i would go and check on them too like i really can't say anything yeah um so uh Nancy decides that she's going to like contact local hotels to try to find um, this man that was this antique dealer, supposedly, because apparently he had come from out of town. Um, She finally finds the correct hotel and the person that she talks to says that she's just too late because um, it sounded like from her description that she was talking about a man named Roger Holt and that he had just checked out. She just missed him. So the only thing that um, the hotel manager concierge was able to tell Nancy was that he had made several long distance phone calls. Mm -hmm. So let's put that in our back pocket for later because that'll be important. So Nancy, you know, being Nancy decides that she's going to go and see chief McGinnis at the police station. And she's going to check to see if he knows any information about this Roger Holt. Um, and of course, Chief McGinnis is a wealth of information and tells Nancy that he was a jewel thief that did time in prison for um, robbing a jewelry store. And he also stole from a store in River Heights, but he's out free now. Um, and I remember thinking when I was reading this part of it, I'm like, okay, so he stole from a store in River Heights. So I understand um, Chief McGinnis having access to that kind of information because it's local, but it kind of struck me as funny as, because in my head I'm still picturing this being like 1950s-ish kind of time era that he would have access to other cases that didn't necessarily take place in River Heights. Like, in today's world that's easy information to get because that's all public information at least in the United States, but I feel like back then he wouldn't necessarily have that information, but you know, <laughs> whatever. That's just me thinking too much into it once again. I don't know about you, but because in season one of the show, we meet Chief McGinnis. 
And you can tell the difference between the show and the book, Chief McGinnis, because mm-hmm. in the book, he's so much nicer and he's friendly with Nancy. And in yeah. the show, he's a total idiot and does not want to have anything to do with Nancy. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of interesting because you also kind of, sometimes you get that vibe because he has popped up in a game or two as well, um, especially uh, Alibi and Ashes. He was standoffish, but he kind of let Nancy do her thing, even though she was arrested. Yeah, so it's kind of weird. I mean, it's it's cool that he was referenced in the um, TV show, because the first time he was referenced, I, like, screamed like a little girl, and my husband was very confused. So I had to explain to him that Chief McGinnis was a character in the Nancy Drew universe, and that that was something that I recognized, and... He still thought I was crazy, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> the life of a Nancy Drew nerd, huh? I'm telling you, every day, somehow I'm able to relate it to what's going on in my life. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm going to say that it's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyways, so we're talking to Chief McGinnis and he tells Nancy that he wants a list of everything that's missing from the mansion. Um, so he can check it out, put it on file, all that. Um, so after Nancy speaks with him at the police station, she decides to go home and Hannah and her dad are there and she kind of explains what's going on, what happened. Um, and she tells them that she wants to go to this Pennsylvania Dutch area and Hannah and Carson are all for it. They think it's a great idea. Things are probably okay. Don't see much danger in it. You know, why not? Um, But they want Bess and George to go with Nancy. Understandable. I mean, you know, not just for that time frame, but just, you know, in general, especially in today's world, you don't want to go and do something like that by yourself. And in my notes, I'm like, Nancy travels more at 18 than I have, like, so far. Yeah, you know. Yeah, she really kind of goes all over the all over the place. Um and I'm not sure it's ever like specifically said, but I think that the idea of River Heights is supposed to be somewhere like Midwest United States, I think. I don't think it's ever mentioned, is it? I don't think so. Not that I remember I anyways. Kind of just allude to the fact that it's somewhere like Maybe Illinois, Indiana, somewhere kind of close to where I'm at. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, um, Nancy's getting ready to go out of town. Um, she then realizes that her dog, Togo, is not at the house. So she kind of steps outside and uh, hollers for him. He's across the street He comes running when he hears Nancy calling for him and he gets hit by a car and I was so stressed. I know. I was so stressed because he's always depicted as a very small dog. And I'm like, oh my God, this can't be it for Togo. Like, how savage. (laughs) And the car that was, that hit Togo, he was eyeing Nancy's house too. Oh yeah, he was super sketchy. So it was totally intentional. I kind of wish that 
I kind of wish that Nancy would have taken Togo to the vet just to be sure that everything was okay. Yeah, I do too. Um, Because she says that all he had was a cut on his hip, but that he was going to be okay. But like, if you don't have like animal medical knowledge, you don't necessarily know how deep that cut is or if dirt or debris or something else got into that cut and could then cause an infection. And then you'd, you'd be in trouble because the dog would need medicine to get better. So, uh, you know, being a dog owner myself, I feel like when you spend a lot of time with your animal and you've had your animal for a while, you know them and you know when they don't act normal or whatever their normal is. But still, to be on the safe side, yeah, I would have had him seen by a vet. Yeah. That's just me. Um, I'm so- not a... I'm not a pet owner myself, but you know, it's true. Like I know my family has, some of my family has had pets and I'm like, the logical thing to do would be to take them to the vet just to be on the safe side, make sure everything's all good. And you know, the professionals are checking out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I have three dogs and they're all Labrador retrievers and two of them are siblings from the same litter. One of them is not, um, but they all three have very distinct personalities. So I can tell if one of them is like not feeling well, or if one of them is like mad or angry or whatever, like I can tell because I've had them all since they were puppies. Um, the two sisters I've had since they were 14 weeks old and they're now almost five. And then, um, the boy, dog that I have I've had him since he was 10 weeks old and he is almost three he'll be three in May so it's like the more time you spend with them they develop their personalities and you can tell when they're not themselves you know um but yeah let's just go ahead and say wisdom with Candace moment if something like that happens with your pet and you're not quite sure take them to be seen just to be safe just for the peace of mind yeah so That's my bit of advice. Um, So obviously Hannah and Carson see this whole thing happen. And now Hannah is super worried that the trip might be dangerous after all. Well, has that ever stopped Nancy before? No. No, (laughs) never. Um, So Nancy, of course, still wants to go. Says that she wants to practice her German, which in my head I'm thinking, God, Nancy is really a worldly woman because she knows German. At 18. Yeah, like, what doesn't she know? She knows everything. Yeah. So, um, the next day, Nancy wakes up, and she gets a letter, and she sees this hex symbol on it again, like on the piece of paper that she found at the mansion, and the words, stay home. So, it's getting more dramatic by the minute. And of course, Nancy still goes anyways because she's Nancy. <laughs> that's just that's how she is. So yep. the girls head on their way, and Nancy kind of explains to them that um, Mrs. Tenney's cousin Alpha lives near an Amish community, and that there are two types of Amish people: there are church Amish and house Amish. Um, so the girls are making their way. Uh, They stop and eat a bite of lunch. They get close to, and this is funny. This is where 
listeners, this is where our accent is going to differ. They are headed to a town that starts with an L. How did you pronounce it when you were reading it? What was the town again? I pronounce it, and my husband makes fun of me because he says that I'm country. I pronounce it Lancaster. I say Lancaster. Okay, that's what I thought you were going to say. Because there's actually, there's a town in Kentucky that's probably an hour and a half, two hours away from where I live. And it's Lancaster. (laughs) So I heard, I saw that and I'm like, well, Lancaster. Okay. (laughs) But I figured that you would pronounce it differently than me. Yeah. (laughs) And I found it funny too, that on their way, when Nancy was explaining the, like what was happening and stuff, Bess made the comment about, she doesn't want to have a dangerous case with Nancy, but I'm like, when is Nancy's case is not dangerous? (laughs) I was about to say, you're guaranteed to be poisoned or knocked out or kidnapped or all of the above. Yeah. Like anything is possible with her. Yep. And of course, Bess is the, um, sometimes I want to say that she's the chicken of the group. <laughs> she's in kind a way. of it that way, but then again, she has her shining moments too, which is good because then at least she's not like pigeonholed as a character of just being, you know, the one that's scared all the time and doesn't really help. Like she has her moments where she does save the day too. Yeah. Which is good. Um, so the girls are, um, making their way towards Lancaster, Lancaster, uh, when Nancy's car dies all of a sudden. Um, so the girls are kind of stranded, uh, trying to figure out, you know, where exactly they are, what they need to do, how they need to get the car fixed. When all of a sudden this Amish girl named Manda comes walking down the road, um, she tells them that she had left her home of Amish family and that she did that because she wanted to continue going to school and getting an education even though her father who's pretty strict wanted her to quit and essentially work the family farm you know normal Amish family dynamic yeah so I you know I understand her wanting to continue her education Um, so obviously that led to some arguments in the family and she even went as far as saying that she thought her family worked too hard, um, because they don't have like normal convenient things like other families do. Um, so, you know, Nancy of course is super interested in what she has to say and they eventually get around to asking her if she knows of anybody that can help fix the car and she does, Uh, a guy named Rudolph and he came and fixed the car and I thought this was (laughs) interesting. He gave George a really hard time for having a boy's name. (laughs) Yeah, I noticed that too. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, I feel like from the description of George where she's like a tomboy and stuff that that name fits her character. Yeah, And we see that in the TV show too. Like, yeah, I mean, George is, she's a very pretty girl on the TV show, but you can tell she has like a, a rough and tough side to her. Yeah. So she's like, I almost like, it's, she's the total opposite of Bess. I she think. is. She is. And I mean, that's how it's always been depicted in the books too. 
and the games. Yeah. So, um, uh, let's see where I'm at in my notes. Oh, um, so they get the car fixed, which is awesome. Did you know that there could be a twist in the feed line of your car? Um, yes, I think I did because actually fun fact about me, my dad is an auto mechanic and has been for like 35 years. Um, so as a child, I spent my time, you know, helping him change the oil and, um, doing what they call bleeding brakes when they change like the brake pads and stuff. And then you have to have someone actually in the car pressing on the brake to make sure that the lights light up in the back. So yeah, I have, I have heard of that. I know someone that is like a car mechanic guy, but you know, I haven't actually seen him work on cars before. Uh, so I don't know how all that stuff works. Super messy and it's very loud. <laughs> Lots of loud machines going and yeah. So if you're a girly girl, it's like, I kind of am. I, I think I'm a girly girl. It's not really something you want to be involved in but I mean there were times when I had to go to work with him because you know my parents didn't have anybody else to watch me so I did learn quite a bit as far as that yeah so um but yeah so thankfully the car gets fixed the girls are on their way Nancy of course decides she wants to check on Manda um and they find out that she could go home, but the family wasn't allowed to speak with her due to what her father said. Like her father was like an iron fist with the family. Like he was in charge. He was making decisions and what he said went. Um, so uh, Amanda's mother asked Nancy to go and talk to her father, um, but they went to find him out in the back And as they went to find him, one of their bulls, like, charged him and threw him up in the air. I guess he hadn't met Nancy yet because he wouldn't, he didn't grab onto the bull's horns like Nancy. I'm telling you, you know, Nancy, (laughs) he wouldn't have stood for that. (laughs) (laughs) He really wouldn't. Nope. So, super dramatic. Um... Of course, the girls are able to rescue him. And as a reward, they are asked to stay for supper. Um, They end up staying the night uh, with Manda's family. And they talk to her father about having her come home. And he does want her back, which is really good. You know, he wants the whole family unit back together. Um, And so the girls decide that they're going to try to find her along with you know, dealing with the first mystery at hand of what happened to the antique furniture that's missing. Um, so they're kind of like exploring the area of where Amanda's family lives and they find the witch tree hex in the barn up in the loft and they find out that Amanda's family knows Roger and he had tried to at one point steal tools from Amanda's dad. Small world. Yep. everything always circles back um so the family asks the girls to stay while they're trying to find manda and of course the girls accept 
And so the next day, um, the girls decide to hang, head out to uh, Lancaster, Lancaster. Um, and they start out looking for bakeries since that was where uh, Amanda worked. And that sounds like something, you know, Bess would totally be into because Bess is like me. She's a girl after my own heart and she likes to eat. <laughs> so I feel like starting out at a bakery is a good place to start. Um, so they end up finding the right bakery, but they find out that Amanda had quit. So Ooh. back to square one. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But they do find out that some people had come in and had talked to Amanda and were looking for an Amish girl to do housework. Seems really? sketchy, but okay. I yeah. didn't even know that people did that. Yeah. That's even like, a thing. I, I don't think it is. It To me, that just seems like super sketchy and not something that I would have fallen for. But, I mean, if you're coming from a simple background and you don't really have a lot of experience with worldly things I could see how you could have the wool pulled over your eyes and it's just you just don't know it's not that you're dumb it's not that you're stupid it's just you don't have a lot of life experience to show you that doesn't sound right maybe I shouldn't deal with that you know what I mean yeah and there are and there are lots of families that have that sheltered kind of lifestyle for their kids. Yeah. And it's like, so I was just thinking, there's this show on like TLC or like the Learning Channel. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's called Welcome to Plathville. I think I have heard of that. Yeah. And how like the parents have like really sheltered their kids, like no TVs, no social media, none of like that outside kind of stuff. And then some of like their older kids decided to get away from the house and they didn't agree with their parents way of like lifestyle choice kind of thing mm-hmm. so now they're like exploring and everything so and the parents obviously don't always agree with what they're doing but that's just the way of life you know yeah so so um the girls kind of hit a dead end since, you know, Amanda's not working at that bakery anymore. So they decide that they're going to kind of switch gears for the time being and look for Mrs. Tenney's cousin, Alpha. Um, they end up finding his farm and they talk to him and he seems like a stand-up kind of guy. Like he doesn't seem sketchy at all. It really does seem like Mrs. Tenney was really jumping to conclusions. Like you said earlier, Um, And they actually find one of the George Washington tables, but he tells them that it's a copy that he made. Okay. So we learned that the original table contains some kind of secret drawer that has maybe something in it. Not quite sure yet at this point. Um, So Nancy's talking to him and is kind of learning about this furniture and stuff. And she's coming to the the conclusion that he really has no idea that the real furniture was taken. Um, So Nancy goes ahead and explains everything to him and tells him, you know, what's going on, that the mansion appears to have been broken into and that the antique furniture that he was um, bequeathed is now missing. They don't know where it's at. Um, Alpha's wife comes in, they end up having another meal, which that was a a thought of reoccurring theme here was they had a lot of sit down meals. And I I feel like that's probably part of like the Amish thing of like this real sense of family 
um, you know, gathering together, breaking bread and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so they, um, find out that he knows Manda's family seems like a small world there, but it kind of makes sense that they all kind of know each other, you know? Um, Alpha says that, you know, Manda's dad is wanting her to eventually get married. And apparently this type of family style, the girls marry young, kind of go off and start their own families. Um, so the girls end up leaving after they ate and they are followed by someone in a car. Um, Nancy pulls into a gas station cause I guess she had to get gas in the car anyways. And she realizes that the person that was following her just continues driving off. So, you know, she kind of lets her guard down and thinks everything's okay. So the girls start heading back to Manda's family's house And as they're driving down the road, they realize that there are a bunch of cinder blocks in the middle of the road and Nancy has no choice but to hit them. And then Bess hits her head on the mirror and blacks out. And Bess is one that doesn't usually, like nothing happens to very often. (laughs) Yeah, so it was bound to happen. Yeah. So she comes to and wakes up and of course has a headache because who wouldn't have a headache after hitting their head like that um so nancy's kind of you know looking at the the car and looking at the cinder blocks and she realizes that there was a note that was kind of like wedged in between some of the cinder blocks that said um witches are not wanted in amish country so now i guess nancy's being called a witch <laughs> oh man So I'm like, okay, so that's where we're headed. And, like, through most of the book, Bess is, like, every little thing that happens to them, it's like, oh, the hex is working. You're being hexed. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, Bess, will you just shush? Yeah. She she really starts buying into the whole hex thing. Um, So the girls immediately think that it was Roger Holt. Um, they try to chase after the car that was originally chasing after them. But of course, I mean, way too far of a head start. There's no way they were ever going to catch up to him. Um, Nancy, you know, her brain always moving, always thinking. She comes to the conclusion that she thinks Roger and his wife are posing as an Amish couple to get Manda to help them with whatever she's wanting to do. Um, so the girls end up making it back to... Uh, Amanda's parents' house and her mother prays over Bess to make her feel better. They, you know, go downstairs and prepare supper and eat and then Amanda's dad asks about what happened that day, if they were any closer to finding Amanda, they had any clues, anything like that. Um, Nancy tells him what happened and he immediately freaks out and calls Nancy a witch And then their whole attitude towards Nancy and the girls is completely different. So essentially without saying it, they kind of kicked them out. So the girls leave the next morning. And even when the, like Nancy, George and Bess were like, okay, bye. Thank you. You know? And then the Manda's parents are just like brushing them out. Like, eh, bye. Like Like, (laughs) get rid of them. Like, yesterday yeah so 
The girls kind of have to come up with a new plan. So they decide to go to a town called New Holland and they find a boarding house run by fam- uh, this family with the last name of Glick. Um, this family, of course, has heard of Manda um, and they don't approve of her running away from home. Now, it's important to note that this family is a little bit more progressive, um, but they do still kind of have some of those same thoughts, you know, like I said, not for the young daughter leaving the family and wanting to do outside kind of things. Um, So uh, they know from friends of theirs that Manda was seen riding in a carriage with this couple from Ohio. Um, And Mr. Glick's friend who saw it doesn't think that the couple are Amish. Um, So the girls then ask about, you know, where all these fancy carriages are made and Um, They find out that there's a factory close by and the girls go there and learn that one of the carriages that was made there was actually stolen and that one of the workers who worked there has an uncle who had a horse that was stolen the same day the carriage was stolen. So let's put two and two together. It's like a whole family affair. Yeah, those two things are, you know, they go hand in hand. So... Um, the girls go and see Alpha and they let him know the latest developments of what's going on. And he tells the girls that he sold that copy of the George Washington table that he made to the couple that is believed to have stolen the carriage. We're already uh, in full circle. We're getting there. So... Um, Poor Alpha is all excited because he's like, I made a great sale. I sold that table for a hundred dollars. <laughs> today's money, that's nothing. But back then, you know, that was a lot of money. So Nancy, like I said, brain always working, asked to look at the money because he obviously paid in cash. And she realizes that the money is fake. Yep. Bad day. And... Zinner thought that he was like, he was mad (laughs) after he found that out. As he should be. I mean, he got gypped. His table was essentially stolen from him. Yeah. You know. So they call the police and they make a police report and they find out it's confirmed that the money is fake. Um, Alpha then becomes angry because he got a phone call that Nancy was a witch and a thief and had stolen from him and he went and looked at her car and some of his lamps were in there. Someone had planted them in the car to frame Nancy and make her seem like a dishonest person. And Nancy's friends made the good point, but like, if we wanted to steal the lamps, wouldn't we have left already? Yeah, I mean, come on, let's let's use our brain, but okay. And, and another point, if Nancy, Bess, and George were in the building, Talking to Alpha the whole how time. Could, how could the whole time? How could they have gotten the lamps in the car in the first place? Because they're witches. <laughs> 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 they use their magic, I guess. <laughs> so, of course, Nancy thinks that Roger is behind all of this. Um, so they leave Alpha's place and they go back to the boarding house and. 
before the girls even get back there, the Glick family received phone call that the girls were witches and she doesn't believe it. Thank God. <laughs> she doesn't fall for it. She, like I said, she's a bit more progressive than these other people were. Um, so the next thing they know, the police show up and say that they got a phone call that the girls were witches and they didn't think it was true, but having someone phone in something like that, being police officers, they have to go investigate it. I mean, I get that, you know, they have to do their job. Yeah. So. Oh, I just random question or yeah. comment. When did, I'm assuming that Nancy returned the lamps, right? It wasn't actually said, but yeah, I assume so. <laughs> Okay. It doesn't say that she bought them or anything like that, or there was an exchange of money or anything. So yeah, I assume that she took them out of the car and gave them back to Alpha. <laughs> That's actually the point. I didn't think about that. Like I, we've been hanging out with Nancy too long. Yeah. And you know. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um. So. Nancy explains the whole story to these local police officers about the hex and what's going on with all that. And then the police leave and uh, Mrs. Glick asks the girls if they'll go with her the next day to the market. So she has them picking vegetables and she wakes them up super early the next morning and they start cooking pies and stuff to be sold. Um, so they have a long day there at the market after you know they sell out of everything uh they start walking around the marketplace and they find manda there or who they think is amanda i was gonna really say not. it's her cousin named melinda um and they, Melinda knew nothing about her taking off and melinda and manda could pass as twins yes that's exactly how it's described um, she knew nothing about Manda taking off, but she said that she didn't agree with it and that she shouldn't have done it. Um, she then tells a story about how a man had approached her two days earlier and said that the witch girl was coming. Clearly they were talking about Nancy. Um, but not everyone got the memo. <laughs> no, clearly not. Um, but I think the reason why the man came up to Melinda was thinking that it was not Melinda, but was thinking that it was Manda, but it wasn't. Yeah. So the girls continue walking around and exploring the market and they eventually see Roger, but he takes off and is gone before they can even chase him. Um, so the girls end up going back to the boarding house, having another meal because that's what we do. Honestly, this is the most I've heard Nancy actually eat. I feel like it is too. Like, <laughs> I feel like in other books, there are references to her having like a nice meal and whatever, but there are a lot of meals discussed in this book. And <laughs> the description of all the food sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Made me hungry the whole time. <laughs> what else? <laughs> um, so, like I said, the girls go back to the boarding house they go to sleep, wake up early the next morning to get started, you know, doing their sleuthing again. And they realize that the hex symbol has been painted on the barn with like the picture of a witch that looks suspiciously like Nancy. 
Oh boy. Super rude. Yeah, oh my gosh, I just thought about how Minette again. I'm like, how rude. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh so, can I just say can I just say that I'm so happy that the Glicks didn't kick out Nancy, Bess, and George? Yeah, that was literally what I was just gonna say. They weren't mad <laughs> at all. I mean, I feel like if this had been any of the other people that they had dealt with up until this point, they'd have been kicked out to the curb before they knew what hit them. <laughs> Thankfully, they were okay with it. They just told the girls to be careful. You know, things are kind of heating up. Things are starting to get a little more serious. You need to be cautious about next steps. Um, so Nancy and the Glick children decide to paint over the um, hex and the witch. And then afterwards they go and eat breakfast together. Um, Carson calls and tells Nancy that he's leaving town for a couple of days and that she's going to have a surprise visitor. And so Nancy's excited. He doesn't tell her who it is, that it's truly a surprise. Um, so to kind of take her mind off of it until the visitor arrives, she tries to look around for footprints around the barn. She finds some, but then they disappear. So that's kind of a dead end. Didn't get anywhere with that. And then we find out that Ned is the surprise visitor and he brought Bert and Dave. Who did you think the surprise was before we found out it was Ned, Bert, and Dave? Honestly, first thought was Hannah. Yeah. I should have known it was going to be Ned, but for <laughs> some reason, my first thought was Hannah. Like, they mentioned earlier in the book that Hannah was going to see her sister. Or like yeah. when Nancy was, and so I'm like that. I I thought it was like probably not Hannah, but I'm like, it's probably Ned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I didn't know who else it would be because Bess and George were with her already. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So the boys are in town. Um, Mrs. Glick tells them all to go and enjoy, you know, the countryside, and they decide that they are going to attend this barn dance after some after supper. Um, Ned even ordered a carriage and they realized before Nancy got in the carriage that there was a hex symbol on the seat so they tried to cover that up so she didn't see it um, and so the way that I pictured it in my head was that Nancy was like riding in the carriage but Ned was also in the carriage but was like holding the reins of the horses is that how you pictured it in your head? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they're heading towards the barn dance. Um, but all of a sudden two carriages come up behind them and they're kind of racing each other, which I can't really imagine that going very well because I assume those carriages are pretty heavy and you have an animal that's leading them. And it's not like you're racing cars when you know, I mean, I feel like that's probably easier to do than racing horse carriages. And so one of the carriages knocks into Nancy and Ned's carriage. And of course, their horse freaks out and takes off. And Nancy and Ned get thrown out of the carriage. During this whole scene, 
It, it just reminded me of the Little Mermaid, you know, when Ariel and Eric are riding through the town on the horse and buggy thing, and they're, oh, like, yeah. be- bumping around on the cobblestone road. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Pretty similar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, the others, uh, Nancy, or um, Bess and George and Bert and Dave make it to the dance. And when they get there, they find out about the accident. And now Nancy and Ned are gone. Don't know where they are. Um, So turns out they were following the stolen carriage that they think has some of the missing furniture in it. And Nancy's trying to be quiet and inconspicuous, but she thinks that whoever is you know, driving the horse and carriage knows that he's being followed because he starts going really fast. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden, the carriage stops at the water. So Nancy and Ned walk over and the carriage is empty. I'm like, okay, so we have a, a freaking ghost that's <laughs> driving this carriage and this horse. Like, what is going on? Yeah. So there is stuff in the carriage and Nancy believes that the stuff belongs to Mrs. Tenney and her cousin. And instead of risking leaving the carriage and the furniture, they decide to take it to the barn dance and call the police. Um, So the police show up, they recognize the stolen carriage. They take everything with them as evidence, you know, and then uh, Nancy and Ned, you know, tried to attend this barn dance like the original plan was. And they get called witches. Here we go again. Oh my gosh. Can't escape it. Honestly. So, um, the crew shows up to get Nancy and Ned, and they're relieved that they're safe. Um, They decide to go back to the Glick house and have a midnight snack, of course. I'd be down for that. Um, They go to sleep after a very eventful day. The boys have to leave to go to work, um, which sucks. I wish that they were part of it more, but, you know, I get it. They have stuff they have to do. Um, So Mrs. Glick decides that she wants to take the girls out um, to a quilting party before they go out sleuthing for the day for um, this local girl who is making stuff for her dowry for when she gets married. that's not so much a thing anymore. <laughs> you know how like a guy would trade uh, for his future father-in-law would trade like goats or pigs or whatever in exchange for his daughter's hand in marriage. Yeah, that's not so much a thing anymore. <laughs> but, you know, I get it. Um, yeah. So uh, the girls are kind of amazed and they end up getting pieces of fabric to make their own quilts, which I thought was really cool. Um, and so they decide to, after a while, leave. Um, but as they're trying to leave, George like falls through the ground. And she gets stuck. Like yeah, like she gets stuck, like a, like a sinkhole or quicksand or whatever. Um, the girls are able to save George, but it sounds like it was really close. And so they're walking around and they discover this house. So they go inside of it, like this structure they go inside of it 
uh, Nancy hears footsteps above them. So she tries to get into like this attic space. So she's like standing on Bess's back, trying to reach up because there's no ladder or stairs or anything. And then the next thing they know, a bunch of papers fall on them and they all fall to the floor. Awful. Oh, man. So they get up and they try to go outside to get some fresh air and get the dirt and dust off of them. And they come back inside and they see footprints on the floor through the dust going out the back door. Um, so George kind of takes the lead and tries to find where these footsteps are going. And she discovers that there's a witch tree out back. Um, Nancy and Bess are in the woods when George discovers this tree and then Nancy and Bess hear a woman scream and it was apparently an Amish woman just in the woods screaming for no reason. Um, and what was she doing there in the first place? Yeah, like I have so many questions. Did she have anything with her? Was she just walking in the woods just to walk in the woods? Because that sounds like a horrible idea by yourself. I so many questions. <laughs> Honestly. So the girls decide to head back towards that house to search the attic since whoever was there is clearly gone now. So I would assume, you know, danger is averted. Um, they end up finding an old Bible given to someone named Rachel Holt on her wedding day. So the girls decide that they're going to take that back with them to the boarding house. And we sit down and eat another meal. Uh, yet again. <laughs> yet again. Honestly. So, um, the girls decide that they want to kind of follow up with Manda's family because they want to know if she has made her way home by herself. Um, and Mrs. Glick. I mean, she just tells Nancy straight up that Manda's parents think that Nancy is the reason that Manda left um, to kind of go experience the world outside of the Amish world. Clearly, we know that Nancy has nothing to do with this. This girl was doing this before Nancy was even in the picture, but okay. Like, stop blaming Nancy for everything. I mean, that's the literally what everyone does is blame Nancy for everything, but whatever. What else is new? So um, they find out that Manda has not returned home, but Bess tells Manda's mother that the police are searching. And it turns out that Manda's dad is a big old gossip because he told a lot of people that Nancy's a witch. I mean, everybody's saying that at this point. So what else is new? Like, that's not surprising. No. Um, so Nancy asked about a store where you house dried apples and Manda's mom said that Manda asked about the same thing before she left and uh, Manda's mom says that an old man in the neighborhood may know so the girls go and find his house and they find a place where apples are stored and the girls come across this scene of a lot of people like working on cooking apples it's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> apparently, it's called a schnitz. Okay. I mean, I, I know absolutely nothing about Pennsylvania Dutch, nothing about German stuff. So, 
you know, I'm taking it with a grain of salt at this point. Okay, it's called a schnitz. So the girls find out that the schnitz belongs to someone with the last name of Holt. Same last name as earlier. But it was sold to someone with the last name Fuller. Um, Nancy has a working theory in her mind that Manda is hiding out in this schnitz. And the old man says that it's super dangerous and Manda may disappear. And it's just kind of crazy. He doesn't want to give up any information at first, but he eventually tells the girls the schnitz is four miles away. Turns out it's near that old house where they were at when all the papers were thrown on them. Um, And the Holt family that he was talking about, there was a Rachel Holt in that family that had died 50 years prior to this. Um, So apparently one day this group of gypsies came and set up like tents or whatever on that property, Mr. Holt's property. He told them to leave. So they didn't really leave. They kind of packed up their stuff and went into the woods that were kind of on the property. And turns out one of Holt's sons fell in love with one of the gypsies and wanted to marry her. Okay. Romeo and Juliet, star-crossed lovers. I mean, we see this kind of story quite a bit. Um, Story's getting old, guys. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of a reoccurring story, not just in this universe but like that's like a literary kind of element of a lot of stories it's pretty common um so the gypsy that you know also fell in love with his son was angry and said that she would not tell him the secret of his family unless he consented to his son marrying her and he still refused um so she left a message in the george washington table And then it was like, from that day on, everyone had bad luck on that property. So it was just kind of bound to happen, honestly. Kind of like a hex. So see, we're coming full circle, like I said. So Nancy and the girls decide that they're going to go there the next day. So once again, we go back to the boarding house and we have a meal. (laughs) Not even kidding. Uh There's like 10 meals that are discussed in this book. (laughs) So um, Nancy thinks that it was either Amanda or maybe Roger's wife, Mrs. Holt, that was the woman that screamed in the woods. Um, Next thing we know, there's a phone call at the boarding house, Bess answers, and she immediately bursts into tears. And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, Bess is being a drama queen once again. Like that comes across mean, and I don't mean it to come across mean, but Bess is dramatic, and she's a seems a little too sensitive. Yeah, very much so. So, through her tears, she's able to say that Nancy's dad's secretary called and said that Nancy's dad was very sick, and they were apparently worried that he was not going to make it. So the girls make a snap decision and they decide that they're going to head back to River Heights. And immediately George is like, this seems sketchy. This seems pretty convenient for getting us to leave and go home. Yeah. So George being the smart gal that she is calls her mother 
and asks if she has heard from Carson. And she was like, yeah, I talked to him like five minutes ago. He's fine. He just came back, but he's getting ready to go out on another overnight trip. So thankfully everything was fake and he's fine. Yeah. So um, the girls go to bed early after all that drama and wake up early and they go outside and are kind of going about their day, getting ready to go out sleuthing for that day. And the next thing we know, uh, the Glick's son, Henner, had a um, slingshot and he accidentally shot Nancy in the back of the neck. She's lucky she didn't die. Yeah. That sounds like, I feel like the back of the neck and like your temple are probably the two places you don't want to get hit with something. I feel like that was dangerous. And what was Henner even using to end the slingshot? I assume probably like a rock or something. So you know that hurt. Oh yeah. Like that did not feel good. So the poor kid feels terrible about it. Um, I mean, that's like a serious kind of accident. So they call the doctor. A doctor comes, says Nancy's going to be okay, but she needs to really take it easy that day. So they get delayed by a day. It happens. And luckily, Nancy's just like, she didn't mind staying on the couch and taking naps and eating light meals. (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, you know, Nancy, nothing slows her down unless she gets hurt pretty bad. So... She takes it easy. Um, the next day, she wakes up. She feels much better. They go to head out to go sleuthing again, and they realize her car's gone. It's like, we can't win. One thing after another, man. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So the girls have to call the state police, and they file another report. Um Henner, the Glick's son, who still feels bad about shooting Nancy accidentally with the slingshot, says that he wants to help. And so he offers to hitch up a horse and carriage and essentially be the chauffeur for the day. And so he gets all that together. They head out on their way and the wheel ends up falling off of the carriage. (laughs) Once again, always something. So he and Nancy ride on the horse to one of Henner's school friends' house for his father to fix the wheel. And when they get there, um, this group of people are putting up a barn because there was a barn that had burned down. And so they're putting this all together. And then the next thing they know, this beam falls and almost hits Henner and his friend from school, Michael, But Nancy jumps in and saves the day, as she always does, because she is a queen. Just leave it to Nancy. She'll take care of it every time. So everyone's super thankful that she stepped in and saved the day. Um, The dad is able to fix the wheel. And in the meantime, he lets them borrow another carriage so they don't have to wait around. They can go ahead and get going on the road and doing what they need to do. the child's mom, Michael's mom, gives them food to take with them. And so they take the food and they get going. Um, they make one it of back. The, one of the food items was fried chicken. 
Yes. And automatically I was like, fried chicken reminds me of Professor Hotchkiss. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> Hotchkiss. Loves the fried chicken. Her drunk. <laughs> um that's it man fried chicken okay lost on a tangent don't mind me so (laughs) so they the whole crew gets back to um where they were going and they find a witch tree and there's another one uh, yeah another one there's this young teenage boy who's painting the hex symbol on the tree. So they try to talk to him and he doesn't respond. And they try to make noise and he doesn't respond to that either. So they figure that he's deaf and mute. Um, so Bess and George split off from the Glicks and Nancy and they end up finding Manda in the woods. And she essentially tells them, yeah, I'm living with Roger and his wife. And so the girls have to convince Manda that he is no good, that he's a thief. And she confirms, yeah, he's he's got the furniture. She thought that he had it all fair and square and that everything was fine. And she tells them that the woman that screamed in the woods was Mrs. Holt because she saw a stray dog. I don't believe that for a second. No, because me, being the crazy person I am, I see a dog. I'm like, come here to me. Let me pet you. Let me love you. (laughs) Might might get you into trouble if it's a a dog that you don't know and you don't know their personality or behavior. But, you know, that's just me. I want to pet all the dogs. But anyways, (laughs) Manda confirms that she also wants to go home to her family. Um. The girls end up finding the furniture that was stolen and they are about to leave and, you know, tell the police what's going on that, you know, mystery solved. We know where everything is when all of a sudden Mr. Holt shows up and locks them in that room. It's mission almost accomplished. (laughs) Almost. So close. So far. Almost being the key word. Yeah. For real. So... They're trying to figure out their next moves. Uh, Nancy finds this secret compartment in the George Washington cherry table. And it ended up being in the leg of the table, not like an actual drawer. Um, And essentially, there's a note in there telling a story of um, a gypsy telling her beloved person about this crystal cave that's on the property in the area where the earth kind of gave way so now it makes sense of why that happened the land was unstable and they thought it was was it a well or something or a water wheel they thought yeah something like that yeah so um the girls are trying to problem solve figure out how they're going to get out of this locked room and there's an oil lamp and nancy just so happens to have matches because like i said she's a queen always prepared yeah um so they essentially do like an sos message and the police officers from earlier that we were dealing with end up showing up because they were searching the area themselves so they rescue the girls 
um, they go to try to find uh, Mrs. Glick and Henner because they had left them watching the deaf and mute boy to make sure he didn't get away. They get to him or they get to them and they're tied up near the witch tree. Um, So the police immediately send word to look for Nancy's car. And we find out shortly thereafter that the Holtz get arrested along with that teenage boy. And Roger comes clean. He's like, yep, I'm not Amish. Um, I overheard Nancy in the mansion. I did everything that I could to try to stop her, even as far as running over her dog. Unforgivable. Like, why would you hurt an animal? Yeah, leave the animals out of this. Yeah. Um, so everything has come full circle. We know where all the furniture is. And then Manda says, hey, by the way, I met a man. I'm going to marry him. And I want you all to come back for the wedding. <laughs> and that's how it ends. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody really got their happy ending. Um, I feel like Mrs. Tenney needs to calm herself when it comes to her cousin and realize that he's actually an okay guy. And kind of mend that bridge so hopefully that happens it would be something if when nancy gets back to river heights and mrs tenney's cousin end up ended up going to the house and the three of them met together what would the interaction would be like <laughs> yeah i mean who knows yeah but in my brain i like to think that hopefully they kind of patch things up and they can amicably split the stuff that they were left by their great aunt and kind of move move past that. But everything kind of came full circle. Happy ending for everybody except for Roger because he sucks. <laughs> and he's the worst. Um, but yeah, I mean, all in all, great book. Like I said, uh, had absolutely no expectations going into this. Had no idea what it was going to be about, but I was very pleasantly surprised and I really liked this book. Yeah. I, I thought liked it, was it really too. Good. Yeah. Thought it was super good. I really like that even though these books were written, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago, that there's still a wide range of topics. Like it's not the same story over and over again. That's true. So I feel like that's why I can still read them as a 30-year-old and still be, like, into it the whole time. And they're easy reads, too, right? So it's not just be, like, a a 300-page book and, like, I want to fall asleep through this thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was kind of naughty, I'll admit it, and I didn't finish this book until today. (laughs) But it was still a quick, quick read. Yeah. But still caught my attention the whole time. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, so another good one. I stayed here. I'm like, I had finished the book before we started recording, or a little bit before. Yeah. And I'm like, so I sometimes I leave things to the last minute to get things done. So I'm kind of yeah. I'm the same way. Doing. I think that's why we get along. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I'm the same in that respect. Um, but I'm going to try to do better. And next week we're discussing a game, but the following week we're discussing another book. I am going to start reading that book tonight. I'm telling you this right now. I'm going to start reading gonna it. going to hold you to it. I'm going to start reading it. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, that's it. Uh, you posted last week our schedule for the next several weeks. Um, yeah, I did. We've got some good stuff in the works, guys. Super excited about it. I'm excited. <laughs> Super excited. Um, before long, uh, after the next several weeks, we'll probably dive into another season of the show just to kind of mix things up, um, keep it interesting. Um, so you all reach out to us on all of our social media. If you have, you know, suggestions, ideas, comments, questions, all the above. Yeah. We always like to read those, um, posts and, and talk about them. And actually that brings me to my next point. I wanted to give a shout out and I really, really hope that I don't butcher this name, but I feel like I'm going to, um, on last week's post about last week's episode of the podcast, we had a lovely um, person by the name of Lori Schoenfeld. I hope I'm saying that right. If I'm not, I'm so sorry. Um, but she said, I'm so insanely excited that I found you guys. This is awesome. I can't wait to listen in. I love Nancy Drew. That comment made my heart soar. Like we love reading those kinds of comments. It really, really helps us. Like, I mean, I don't care if anybody listens. I want everybody to listen. But even if it's one person, I'm still going to talk about Nancy Drew. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just how it is. Like, I love Nancy Drew. I love everything about it. I love this fandom, this whole universe. And there's just so much to talk about. And I feel like there's so many fans out there. I want to reach all of you. Yeah. So that kind of comment just literally made my day. And I'm sorry that I just now was seeing that. I'm going to do my best to pay closer attention to the social media stuff. Because we're pretty much everywhere except for Twitter at this point. If you guys want us to make a Twitter, let us know. Yeah, I mean, I'm on Twitter with my own account. Um, I think it's as my regular um, Instagram, just Candace Shea. Uh, I don't actually do a whole lot of posting myself. I mostly read on Twitter. Um, But I follow a lot of Nancy Drew fans on there because there's a ton of them. Yeah. So. Um, The... I there was a comment on the post you made about three hours ago, Candace. Oh, really? That. Yeah. <laughs> so Candace had posted on her Instagram about the picture of Nancy and Ned that toppled over <laughs> and their buggy. <laughs> yeah. And another the another Nancy Drew podcast called Regular Nancy Drew. They said this is such a good one. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even see that. That's so and funny. I had posted a, the, my, when I was reading the book over the weekend, I had posted the cover. And if you can tell in the picture, the tiny little tip of my bookmark is Treasure in the Royal Tower. That's so funny. I love it. If you actually look closely. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. 
Oh man. See, that's one of the good things. Um, I love posting the illustrations one because I just, I think they're so good. They're so simple. They're so good. And I love that even though I'm reading these books electronically, just, you know, for the sake of convenience, that the Kindle app still includes those illustrations. So I feel like I'm not missing anything. Yeah. So that always makes me really excited. And I thought just that picture of them, you know, being tossed out of the carriage was so dramatic. I was like, oh, that's got to be the one I post. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, like I said, great book. Really enjoyed it. Um, Excited about the next one. Um, So... (laughs) Yeah, like I briefly mentioned um, earlier, we are switching gears, and next week we're going to be talking about a game. Yep. Do you remember which game we're talking about, Candace? Secret of the Scarlet Hand. Yep. Game Game number number six. six. Yes. Number six. And I'm not going to spoil too much, but we will have a guest next week. Yes, we will. Our first guest. And I'm super excited. Not going to say who. You'll have to have to listen. And you'll probably see it in the <laughs> the title and the description of next week's episode. Yeah. But you make sure you have to win. And we'll have some other guests in a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking in the next few weeks, we might do a giveaway as well. A witch? A giveaway. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, just constantly, we've got lots of stuff going on here. So, you guys just got to tune in, constantly check our social medias. Uh, once again, the minute that we get a hint of Nancy Drew season four, we'll be on it. Like, we are still, so the Twitter's still blowing up. I'm like, where's the renewal? What's taking so long? Let's yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally. Yeah. Oh, so, I'm waiting. Do, 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 do. Patiently waiting. The suspense. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. So, that's, that's probably another reason, honestly, why I'm going to go ahead and start my replay of Secret of the Scarlet Hand and also start reading for the next week is to try to distract myself. Yeah. Because I'm not going to lie. There are times during the day where I really quickly hop on Twitter, even when I'm at work, to see if there's any news. Yeah. Can't help it. I really (laughs) can't. Yeah. But... It is what it is. So soon as we know something, you all will know something as well. Yep, yep. But either way, um, I'm good. Is there anything else we need to mention or are we good? Uh, that's all from me. Okay. At least right now, anyways. <laughs> all right. Well, then I'll just close this out then. Uh, thank you all for listening to this week's episode of River Heights Buzz Podcast. You can check us out on Instagram at River Heights Buzz, or you can email us at riverheightsbuzz at gmail.com, or you can check us out in our Facebook group. Uh, check us out next week as we dive into Nancy Drew game number six, The Secret of the Scarlet Hand.
See you next week, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you.